Having a baby doesn't have to mean feeling petrified or enduring hours of labour pain. My name's Sophia Hansen and I'm on a mission to help you feel calm and relaxed in pregnancy and labour because that's what helps you have a better birth. Check out sophiahansen.com to see what I can do for you. Hi everybody, Sophia here from the Prenatal Snug and today I am joined by Roxy and her wonderful little baby boy Ivan. So we have to speak shh so that Ivan doesn't wake up and if he does, he's more than welcome to. So hi Roxy, how are you? Hi, how are you? Oh good, I'm so happy to see you and as I was just saying to you before, you just look so completely chilled out and natural with what's going on here. It's like, ah, always oh, here, thank you. Ivan's always here. So we were just talking, um, before, as a first-time mum, it's always difficult to kind of know what to expect during pregnancy, what to expect from birth, and then this whole reality check of, oh, there's a baby in my arms. So can you talk yeah. to us about, about your pregnancy? Because for a while there, there was talk about you having a C-section, which wasn't your first choice. But can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Yeah, so I had a low-lying placenta, and... It was low line for quite a while. Normally by your 20-week scan, it's moved and mine hadn't. So they thought I would, they weren't telling me at that point I'd need a C-section because they still had hope that it would move. Um, but they, it, that was sort of the idea, it was the road it was going to go down. And then on one of my scans or one of my checkups, um, they noticed that my bump was fifth centile, so very small and Ivan was 90th centile so he was really too large for my body at that point and so then that would have been a c-section also so I I had quite a few scans actually I think I had about five scans five or six scans during my pregnancy um, to make sure that Ivan was not growing too big for me and my bump was growing around the same stage and eventually um they'd plateaued <laughs> so Ivan became 50th centile I don't know how that happens 90th to 50th <laughs> and then my bump had gone to 50th so they were at the same stage so that was good so and by that point also I think about 32 weeks they noticed that my percent had moved also so then I was told I wouldn't need a c-section and I felt a wee bit um and sure then, because I was so prepared for a C-section, I felt, and I, I, the power had sort of been taken from me that I wouldn't have to, um, oh, I don't know, I just, I wasn't sure if I was ready then for a natural birth, although I, I always wanted one, and um, yeah, so it was quite a, an adjustment, I think, with eight weeks to go <laughs> to find out that I didn't need a C-section anymore. It's a really interesting um, thing as well because so many midwives will tell you that um, you know your your baby will never be bigger than your body. Your baby will always mm-hmm. be delivered, and then other midwives will tell you that no, no, your your baby's definitely too big for your body. And it's like trying to get a gauge and a handle on how that actually works because obviously your body adapts in so many different ways. Out of interest, yeah. Roxy, how tall are you? Oh, I'm only five, 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 maybe five, yeah. six. Yeah, I'm not very tall. <laughs> I'm quite petite as well. So, um, yeah, it was a bit, they were a bit worried about how big Ivan was compared to my body. And I don't think they would have put me through a natural birth, even if my placenta had moved, Yeah. Um, if Ivan was that big. 
I wouldn't have wanted that either. <laughs> it's really interesting because we had um, two of the other mums in the snug who gave birth last month. I think they were five foot and five foot one, and they both had vaginal births as well. So it's like this mm-hmm. idea in so many ways that when you're you're more petite and small, that you're obviously going to need lots of intervention. But then all three of you yeah. have gone on to prove that actually there's quite amazing things that can happen. So towards the end of your pregnancy then, you were having, well, certainly from the third trimester, you were having lots of Braxton Hicks, those kind of practice contractions, weren't you? Yes, I was having so many of those. And actually from, yes, so I was having them from about, um, I can't remember, from about 30 weeks or 32 weeks, I can't remember when I said to you earlier. And also about four weeks before he was born, I was getting them, they were a lot stronger. So I thought, this can't be just Braxton Hicks. And I felt every morning I'd wake up and it was like almost like a con. (laughs) I was being conned into think I was starting labour. And I had been, actually, I had also been prepped to um, have an early labour because my mum has, my mum's only delivered two out of six children to full term. Okay. Um, and with Ivan being so big at the time, they felt that I should be prepared in case I go prematurely into labour. So I had had my bags packed from, I think, 32 weeks. I had my bags packed and they were ready to go. And so I was amazed. I made it to full term. I couldn't believe it. Two days before my due date, I gave yeah. birth to Ivan. <laughs> So hello he's like yes you did I'm here <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so, what did it feel like on the day where you then went from your kind of warm-up contractions to oh there actually is something else going on here did your waters break or talk to us a little yeah. bit that day so because it was still um garden visits at that time we were up at our friend's house in her garden and we were sitting outside and it got quite late it was about I think we left it about 10 o'clock at night and it was so it was dark and it was cold and I was sitting on this bench and I felt I was getting like cramps period like cramps in my in my back and my hips I felt them a lot in the like the bones of my hips and I thought I just thought at that point it's because I was sitting out in the cold and um and on a bench also and I hadn't been moving I figured that must it must just be um cramp from that and then so we came home and an hour later my water broke on the couch <laughs> and I ran to the toilet Dale was beside me and I ran to the toilet because I was like what was that <laughs> and I thought I think that is my waters and I came back through and I said to Dale I think my waters have broken but I'm not totally sure so I'm going to go to bed and he thought oh well I'll do the same just in case that is your waters and then so I went to bed and then about one in the morning, um, I never really slept, to be honest, because I was really thinking, is this happening now? I wasn't sure. And then about one in the morning, I thought, this is definitely my waters, because it wasn't stopping. Um, and then so I phoned the ward, Ward 9A, and they told me to come in. They told me to actually, they also told me to put a, a pad on to check if it was my waters. So that's fine. I did that. So we arrived about half one and then they checked me over and they said, no, I don't think it was your waters. I um, oh. think it's maybe just some discharge. And I thought, no, that was definitely my waters. <laughs> and then, so then they said, well, if you like, because you've come all the way in and it's 
one in the morning and Dale was in the car at the time because he wasn't allowed to come in they said we can do an uh, like an examination and I said yeah please I'd like that and then so they examined me and my whole hind waters had gone (laughs) the all of them and also I was two centimeters dilated so I couldn't believe it and they the lady, they were so lovely in there, and the lady offered me a sweep then. She said, we can give you a sweep, and this will potentially hurry things along, or it might not do anything. Um, but if it doesn't do anything, you have to come in at, I think it was like 9 o'clock at night the next day, or that night. So I said, okay, I'll take this sweep. And then the sweep was fine. I, fe- I felt it was totally fine. And then we got home. By the time we got home, it was... I think about four o'clock in the morning. So poor Dale had sat in the car that whole time and um, he he was a bit scared. He wasn't sure if he could go for a coffee or not because we had to take my bags in too. <laughs> and he, he had no idea. We weren't communicating with each other. So he was in the car for two hours not knowing what was going on. And then, um, so that's fine. So we got home about four in the morning and I made myself a cup of tea. I kind of accepted I wasn't going to get much sleep that night. And then by eight in the morning, my contractions had started coming on quite a bit stronger um so woke Dale up he had slept that whole time (laughs) and then then because he runs his own business we had to start out the boys for work um so it was hilarious Sophia because we had to get one of the boys to come in to get the keys for the garage and the vans and (laughs) I was sitting on the couch doing my in for four, out for eight. <laughs> like, hi, Ryan. <laughs> and then um, I know that I was really calm. I was so calm. My The breathing techniques were amazing. And then I asked Dale to run me a bath. And so went into the bath and I was doing my, I was I had sort of written down a lot of affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they really helped me. I don't, yeah, I think I was so telling myself I could do it and my body was made for it and such like that and I was also doing the rocking there was a rocking move that you did in the yoga yeah um and it was you I think it's you breathe in as you go forward and then out as you go back so I was doing that in the bath so by about I think it was 10 o'clock I phoned the ward and I said I really think I need to come in um my contractions are coming on quite strong. I can't remember the times of the contractions. Dale was timing them for me. Um, but I was told that they sort of don't count that anymore. They more, I can't remember what they said to me at the time. It was all a bit of a blur, but they said, <clears throat> no, with it being your, your first, and um, well, we try to encourage you to stay at home as long as possible. And I thought, oh, gosh, okay. Um, So I was in the bath and my mum was texting Dale saying, don't leave Roxy in the bath because whenever she went for a bath with any of us, we came apparently rapid (laughs) after that. I think it can go one or two ways. You can labour really quick or you can labour really slow once you're in the bath. And then um, so poor Dale was running back and forth and we'd we'd been told not to come into the hospital and he'd been told not to leave me alone. And I was saying to him, leave me alone. And then, uh, so by about 11, I phoned them back and I said, I can't stay home any longer. I I feel so much pressure. I feel like I could honestly push them out now. And they were like, okay, well, if you come into Ward 9A, (laughs) 
come into Ward 9A and then we will examine you and then we see, we'll see how you get on from there. But I was very calm on the phone. I was really calm. So I'm not surprised they didn't think I was as progressed as, as I was. Um, so we got to Ward 9A. Well, sorry, actually, Dale was to stay in the car. But because I knew I was definitely in labour I said you're not staying in the car you have to come in with me and then so I made Dale walk in with me and the ladies were like oh oh you can't you can't come in here so sorry and then I was like I'm going to be sick <laughs> like that to one of the midwives so then they ran and got me a sick bone they thought okay actually you better stay Dale so then they told Dale to stay and examined me in word 9a and then they found I think it was 9a word 9 and then they found I was six centimetres dilated. So I was absolutely over the moon by that. I had fully expected to be taken in and um, sent back home. I was so worried about that. Yeah. And so then they sent me up to the labour ward um, by that point. And they, I asked for some diamorphine because I got to that stage where I thought, well, I don't think I can do this. I was really... Um, I was doing so well at home and then I, I had a bit of a panic moment that I just didn't feel like I could do it. I don't know what stage I was at with um, dilation at that point. Yeah. And then the midwives I had were so lovely. They were so sweet. And then I think, I can't remember what happened. It's a bit of a blur, especially because I had had the diamorphine. Yeah. Um, but I had only pushed for 40 minutes. And before that, I had asked for an epidural when I had the diamorphine because I didn't I thought the diamorphine would be pain relief I didn't realize it's just something to take the edge off yeah. and then um the ladies were saying to me yes yes we can absolutely get you an epidural but I was actually um pushing at that point and they knew that they wouldn't be able to give me an epidural but they weren't telling me that so it was really nice that they did that and um yeah, within 40 minutes of pushing, Ivan was here by five to five at night and I just got a graze and they, they complimented me on my breathing techniques and they told me that with my breathing techniques and also listening to them when they were telling me to stop pushing and when to push, that's why I only got a graze. It was quite amazing. Yeah. I, I love that you've been complimented on your breathing techniques. <laughs> they did, they did. <laughs> you're in the middle of birthing your baby and they're still like wow she's amazing <laughs> I know and I was doing it even with the gas and air I was trying it too yeah. um but yeah they they said that combination and listening to them um their instructions with being so calm because I was really calm until the point where I felt like I can't do this and I think a lot of women get that they there's a point I've been told in your labor that you feel like oh I don't think I can do this anymore um and yeah the the midwives were just so lovely they kept me so calm too and Dale's really good at keeping me calm when I think I can't do something as well so it was quite an amazing experience on in home is that part of when you reach transition where you you move from your your kind of first stage of labor into the pushing stage or just at the moment before your your baby's about to be born where it's such a strange sensation to people that they're just like oh yeah. what is going on you know that is the yeah. I can't do this moment and more often than not we hear from mums especially if you've done a lot of preparation with with yoga or with hypnobirthing that you come across as so calm that often medical staff, whether it's consultants or, or midwives or anybody else in between, they often think, ah, oh, 
she's not very far on you know you've not come running in going the baby's yeah. coming do something you're just like yeah so I think I'm quite far on <laughs> like no, they were not. amazed <laughs> I know and they were amazed with it being my first also with how calm I was and um and how how I managed like how it was not easy but um like it, the transition just happened so naturally for me and I was also I was on all fours too and I think that really helped I wouldn't lie on my back yeah I just I wasn't comfortable on my back either but I I remember leaning against the bed they'd propped the bed up for me so I was holding the back of the bed and had my gas near there and I was on my knees and that definitely helped so that's how I pushed and then I ended up lying more on my side yeah. um but yeah, it was quite, it was quite amazing. And the pushing was a relief, I would say. I wouldn't say that was the hardest part of the labour for me at all. It was a really relieving stage. <laughs> and can you describe that pushing for us? Because so often women think that they have to like really grit their teeth and kind of push, but actually it's the, it's the bearing down that happens within the body. Did you feel like you needed yeah. to give it a little nudge along or did you feel like your body was just kind of taking over and doing it? How was it? My body was taking over and doing it definitely and I was actually, I felt, okay, just let that happen. So I let that happen and it felt, it did feel a wee bit unnatural to do that and especially when they tell you to stop pushing. I did give it a bit of a nudge, I think, at the end because I thought, okay, get him out. (laughs) But I was, it was quite strange. Like I felt the whole thing, like him going down and being pushing and it's, it's, it's an odd pressure, I'd say. I don't know how to describe it. It's a lot of, a lot of pressure, but it, it's relieving pressure. Mm. It's um, yeah. It's you feel like, it's it's just good to get to that stage. And yeah, I was just, don't know how else to describe that. Actually, I was on dimorphine. <laughs> and you know, at that moment, that your baby is so so much closer to being in your arms, don't you? It's like any minute. Yeah. Who's going to be there? Yeah. So was, was Dale there at the actual moment that, that Ivan was born? Yes, and Dale cut the cord, and we didn't find out what Ivan was beforehand either. So it was really lovely to find out we had had a wee boy. It was really special. Yeah, amazing. And then did you have plenty of time for all that kind of skin to skin and just hang out? Yeah, together? they were so they were so great in the ward. They left me for an hour with Ivan on me skin to skin. Um, they had to. They couldn't do delayed clamping of his um of the cord because he had had the diamorphine and he wasn't crying so they felt like okay they just sort of um to waken him up a wee bit so that I was okay with that because it was a bit of a worry that he wasn't crying yeah. and then they put him on me and that was really lovely and they we had our skin to skin and also because I was so exhausted I hadn't slept the night before yeah. um the lady my midwife she I wanted to breastfeed so she actually hand expressed me and got the colostrum in a syringe and fed it to Ivan and I I think and she was really amazing I think she really helped with um our breastfeeding journey too because we got to go home the next day also because Ivan just he had a brilliant latch and yeah it was just we were really lucky with with our midwives as well I think they made the whole situation also very calming and they yeah they were just really great and then 
and such an Mm -hmm. amazing support when you've got people like that that you feel safe and secure with because that's such a huge part of it. No, as you were saying, part of yeah. you were, was scared that when you went in, you might get sent home. And if you're sent home, even if somebody sends you home in the nicest possible way, you still feel a bit naughty, don't you? <laughs> so you can go home again. I know. I know. And I think if you go in and you, you're expected to be sent home, especially if you feel like you're at a stage where you're about to not cope with the pain, that's heartbreaking. That must be really heartbreaking for a lot of mums. And I just, I did not want that for me. And Ivan, because I knew... I never had a strict birth plan um, because, well, my mum's had my mum's had six children and th- we were all such different births. And um, again, you know, she never carried all of us to full term. So I just was prepared for anything to happen. And I was also prepared to uh, to potentially have to get a C-section maybe because that happens to some mums. Um, so I just, I didn't have a strict birth plan at all. And I think with having that um, also helped with me being calm because I was just kind of, um, I, I mean, I didn't want to have an episiotomy. episiotomy is it? Yeah, yep. I didn't want to have to have that. Um, but if, of course, if, if that was what needed to be done, I was, I was accepting of that at the time. And yeah. I think that's what helped me keep quite calm too. So I think you did have a birth plan. Your birth plan really was to stay as calm as possible <laughs> and do what you needed to do. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, even Dale, I didn't want an epidural, but I asked for the epidural when I got to this stage that I didn't think I could cope. And Dale said to me, he, he said, are you sure, Rox? I don't think I don't think you want that, Rox. And I was like, Dale, shut up. <laughs> you don't know what I want, but... I, it was too late for an epidural and I'd gotten to that stage on my own and I knew I knew deep down I didn't need one but I just thought oh gosh you know <laughs> it's really interesting what you said about the rocking in the bath as well because I know another lady who was had her heart absolutely set she was having an epidural and that was it that was her birth plan she wanted an epidural and when she went into labor she did that rocking for what she thought was about 40 minutes or so it was for five hours and so at oh the my end goodness. of her doing all of the rocking, she was completely dilated. And the midwife basically said to her, well, you don't need your epidural now. She's like, I have to have my epidural. She's like, but wait, I'm not feeling any pain. <laughs> so wow. she didn't need it. And she had totally vaginal birth, nothing else that she needed for it. But she was convinced yeah. that she had only been doing that rocking for about 40 minutes or so. It's like, oh, yeah, it's such a blur oh, the time. Yeah. The time is such a blur. And gravity, I think gravity definitely helped with, Ivan coming so quick because my whole my active labor when I looked back on my hospital notes my active labor said it was only four hours or four to five hours um including the pushing for 40 minutes and I think that's quite that's quite quick isn't it for um, for getting to that stage and I think it's because I was on again all fours and the rocking in the bath definitely helped and the the heat of the water was so good also I had hoped for a water birth, but I I never I never had my heart set on it. But by the time we'd got to the ward, it was I was too progressed to get in the pool, and by the time they would have been able to fill the pool and everything, <laughs> I wouldn't have been here like just like that. I know. And so I probably could have had him at home, to be honest, <laughs> if I had stayed at home any longer. Yeah, and do you think you would have been comfortable with that in hindsight, knowing knowing what the birth was like? Would you then have been comfortable to have had that at home on your own with with Dale there? And yeah, 
Yeah, with the midwife, I would have been because with them telling me when to push and when to stop pushing, um, I, did, I, had, I hadn't appreciated how important that was. Um, and I'm one of these people that I don't like to do anything wrong. I don't, in case I get in trouble. So I really, I really did listen to them. But it does feel unnatural when they tell you to stop pushing and you can feel um, like a bulge, I'd say, like the head there. Um, so, but I just, I listened to them. I thought they know what they're talking about. And thank goodness I did. Um, that's why I didn't tear. Yeah. But I, d- I do think I probably could have had him at home. Um, I think, yeah, maybe with my second, I'll be a bit more resilient mentally. <laughs> you know what to expect. Yeah. Well, said, yeah. If you could have your second baby first, then everyone would just be chilled out about it. But you've had such a Definitely. good experience anyway. That's really important. And so just to clarify, the reason the midwives were telling you to kind of push or then not push or to allow the bearing dying to happen more was to help prevent the tearing so that there wasn't such a rapid descent at the end? Yes, it's it's for the a gradual stretch, I think they said, um, for for my body to stretch gradually with him coming down. And yeah, yeah, so I'm really lucky with that. Mm-hmm. And then, as you say, home really soon. Plenty of breastfeeding, good latch, feeling comfortable, yeah. happy with yourself, amazed at what's happened in twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I got up and showered straight away, and I was really surprised. I didn't expect. I don't know what I expected to feel after birth, but I didn't expect to feel so good. Um, like being able to walk to the shower even an hour after giving birth <laughs> I walked to the labor the not the labor ward the um ward where you go with your baby I walked there as well I just yeah it was quite it was just such a lovely experience I really enjoyed my birth actually I quite enjoyed talking about it and um I just yeah I felt so good after it, it was one of the most amazing things I've done and does that surprise you to feel so good about it? Because we hear so many yeah. horror stories or people don't necessarily talk about it. And stories like yours, I've always said this with the, the, the mums that I work with, the positive stories get hidden so often because women don't want to be the, the kind of the smug mum or the mum who had a good birth when somebody next to them had a difficult birth. Yeah. But the more that you talk about positive births, the less fear there is and the more the more awareness and kind of support there is for positive births as much as for, for births that could have been different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think also I had, I'd had quite a lot of people telling me their birth horror stories almost. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that's a thing people think it's okay to do when you're pregnant, especially with your first child. Um, yeah. I think that's something people should be aware of scaring people when they're pregnant with their first but I just I knew not to listen to them I thought well that's not uh, you know my birth will just be my birth and it'll be how it is and I I knew that it was a team effort I I went into it thinking well this is equally as traumatic for Ivan um or could be as traumatic for Ivan so I was during my labor I was also constantly thinking of him and that helped quite a lot it helped me maybe that helped him being born quicker too because I didn't I really didn't want him to be stuck with me pushing for so long either um yeah yeah it's quite um I don't know why people think that's okay to tell you their horror stories of births 
I think when you're pregnant, it's the easiest thing that people seem to think they want to do is talk to you about it. It's like, why would you do that? So no, it's I really know. Cool to be able to, to kind of thank you for that. Maybe another day we we can have that story. <laughs> yeah. Of that space. Yeah. So you, you're making this look really easy, Roxy. Oh, thank you. He's sleeping. He sleeps so well on me. He doesn't sleep so well in his cot during the day. Oh, bless him. He just yeah. wants mum's arms. All good. All yeah. good. And so could you talk to us a little bit, because you were in the, the prenatal snug kind of February, March, April, and then Ivan born in May. How did that support yeah. you? Because I remember getting messages from you going, it's so good, I can watch kind of back-to-back yoga and just keep doing stuff. How was the, <clears throat> the kind of support your journey, would you say? Yeah, oh, so much. It was really it was really nice, that the yoga especially. Um, so I had had that pelvic girdle pain, and I I felt like with the pelvic girdle pain I felt like I couldn't do the yoga and then um I think you'd sent me a message one day checking in on me checking how I was and then I thought oh I just I should just go and at least show face to the yoga because I was I was just so sore I didn't think that I don't know why I didn't think the yoga would help I felt like the yoga would hinder it almost and then after I did one of the yoga sessions I realized how much it had helped and then when I had finally told you about my pelvic girdle pain, then you started putting, um, you implemented some yoga moves into the yoga sessions for me. And also you adapted, so you would have a session um, for all the mums and then for anyone with pelvic girdle pain, this is a move you can do. So I found that so helpful. And then I really looked forward to my Tuesday nights. Oh. It was something especially during that, during lockdown to look forward to with not been able to do anything it was so nice to have that um yoga and I slept so well after it with the relaxation <laughs> after too so that was really lovely and then seeing all the mums too posting in with having their babies was so nice and especially um when you've done other interviews with other mums and they've had such positive birth experiences it just got me so excited for having Ivan too it felt really real and yeah, it was really great having some support uh, and antenatal support class during lockdown because there's nothing available at all. Even I didn't know about going to um, how to even get to the ward, the mm-hmm. labour ward or anything because all of that's closed. So yeah, it was really great that you've you've done the snug and had that available for mums to be, especially first time mums, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I think what's yeah. also really lovely with some of the mums that we've had in this year is some of them were second time mums, Ryan's, but they had um, at least two of them had had traumatic first births. And so they were quite unsure when they came in, like, I don't want to talk <clears> about <throat> traumatic first birth, just like you and I were saying, because yeah. it's not always good to, to share that kind of trauma. So they were very quiet about those, but a little bit more apprehensive about their second time babies because of yeah, that. Yeah, understandably. And they both said that the second time babies then, it was such a healing experience to have gone into it with such a different awareness and knowledge and and find out. And like you, so many people think that when you have pelvic girdle pain, you just don't want to move at all. But then you you stay kind of tight. And obviously pelvic girdle pain is not up here, but I'm showing people (laughs) this bit. But yeah, and then it actually makes it worse. So finding the the movement that, that you can do and everything to give you that support is really, really important. So it sounds like you just went into all of this with a really calm attitude, a positive attitude and just, you know, 
just determined to do the, the best that you could with whatever you needed to do. Yeah, it definitely is all in the mind. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> um, with panicking about birth, you you do. That's why it's really great the the snag also because that it's it's really encouraging to um, it really encourages you to have that calm mindset when you know other people are going through the same thing and and learning the same techniques also you know that you know this is something worthwhile doing obviously and I'm so glad I did it it was yeah really great birth and we were really lucky oh. yeah. Well, it's an absolute joy, absolute joy to have you guys there. And the other thing that's really fun, I got a message from one of the mums, mums, who's in the group at the moment. So one of the ladies who's a member of the snack, her mum messaged me the other day to say, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. My daughter feels so confident about pregnancy. And I never thought that that's how she would feel. I was like, oh, oh, that's so lovely. Get, get a message from grandmothers to be. Oh, <laughs> to that's wonderful. So and I thought that's so 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 nice because if there's anything that you can do just to help create more of that calm and to to help put that power back into people and to realize that you know things don't have to yes we can have interventions yes we can have pain relief we can have all of these things and none of those yeah. things are a negative if that's what needs to happen on the day to make the yeah. best possible that's great but it's how you feel about the birth and if you come away from the birth feeling I failed because I had pain relief or I failed yeah. because I had an intervention then you start off motherhood with that real feeling of being disempowered and that somehow you haven't done it right so no matter what people have just knowing that they did what they needed to do on the day to to make sure <clears throat> that that birth went as well as possible is so so important but you are making this look like an absolute breeze now <laughs> I'm going to get the best baby award <laughs> I no, he's done well. He's <laughs> he's tired. Oh, oh you're waking up. <laughs> so, if there was one piece yeah. of advice that you would have for a first-time mum, Roxy, what would it be? Keep calm. Definitely, <laughs> it definitely is all in the mindset. Yeah. Um, and you don't, you do not need to panic about birth, and you can really enjoy it. I, I, I didn't, I didn't expect to enjoy my birth as much as I did. Um, and I would do it all over again even after having Ivan I said to Dale I would do that all over again it was just it was really quite amazing and the rush of love you get just the best it's so good and yeah don't don't panic it's really important oh beautiful mm -hmm. and I was thinking about what you said right at the beginning about sitting on the the garden bench when you've been out chatting with your friends at that point and I would part of me was wondering you know, maybe that also really got the oxytocin going because in lockdown particularly, it's hard yeah. to keep that, that feeling of love. But when you're with friends and then the fact it's getting a bit darker and that always makes us feel a bit more secure and kind of snuggly. And, you know, you had a lot of love flowing that night that you went into you're probably Yeah, you're probably right because it was the first time we'd seen each other in quite a while, actually. Um, so it was, it was actually quite a special night and everybody was talking about... Um, me and having the baby because our friends were getting married too and then I said oh I don't know I've made it this far I just feel like I'm definitely going to go overdue now I was so adamant that night that I was going to be overdue and then lo and behold an hour after leaving my waters had broken <laughs> it was quite amazing it's incredible yeah. it's incredible mm -hmm. when the waters broke did you feel it as a trickle or like a, a gush or did you have that kind of I think I might have weaved myself going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like a pop it was like a pop and then uh um 
like an involuntary, not a gush, I would say, but definitely um, trickle. And I just couldn't stop it. And that that is the um, idea that your waters have broken, isn't it? That you can't stop it because if you were if you'd peed yourself, you'd be able to stop it, surely. Um, but I just wasn't sure, and I was a bit. I didn't want to be embarrassed and go go into the hospital and be turned away and told I'd peed myself. <laughs> um, so I just I waited a couple of hours and then I thought, yeah, it just it kept going. It wasn't stopping, so it was definitely my waters. And it mm-hmm. sounds like for you as well, the fact that you stayed at home for so long. Yes, you went in early, but then you came back again. And when you are at home for that long and you are in that relaxing place, albeit poor Dale running up and down the stairs. I'm like, check it out. He says, leave her alone. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> so Dale got yeah. a, a year's worth of exercise up and down the stairs to check on you. I know. But for you, being at home gave you that space and that that comfort and as she said earlier on you've got so many sisters and you know you've you've just had that feeling of of being safe where you were and knowing that you were still quite calm it's amazing yeah I just I kept my eyes closed and I just rocked in the bath and yeah it just I think that's yeah it was quite amazing how it progressed so quickly Good for you. I'm so happy for you. And just you look just completely at home and comfortable with with everything that you're doing. A little Ivan. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. He's all <laughs> stage you can see. Oh, hey. hello, gorgeous. <laughs> He's a wee blondie. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, super. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, Roxy? Anyone? No, I'm I'm just really grateful for the snag. I think that's really helped me with my pregnancy. Um, because I don't I don't know if you know to stay as calm as as you can if you if you're doing these yoga and relaxation techniques and breathing techniques and just being able to practice them every week. It became muscle memory. So yeah, I think <clears throat> the snag was really beneficial to Ivan and I. Oh, thank you. And Dale. And, and Dale. <laughs> we have to say yeah. the male version of the snug for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. been, you know, one of the one of the reasons that I was really keen to do the snug, and not just for lockdown, it's going to continue as well, even if I do also start having some face-to-face classes. But one mm-hmm. of the things that's so important is that when we watch TV and films and stuff, when somebody's waters break or they have that first kind of like, oh, something happens, we then see them like blue lighted or going yeah. as fast as possibly can to hospital and it's quick grab the baby bags and everything is like chaos and actually yeah. there doesn't need to be any of that and so what I also realized I mean I I've always lived in a really kind of calm way even as a student I always had lots of candles and soft like touchy things I'm a really kinesthetic person so I like lots of soft mm-hmm. things around me and good textures but it really dawned on me when I started going to people's houses and teaching them prenatal yoga or yoga classes that not everybody lived like that and so trying to say to somebody just stay home and relax when they don't have a relaxing environment and they actually yeah. don't find their own environment relaxing it's like how do you even do that and so with yeah, this I'm really encouraging people to feel that calm at home not just once a week when they walk into a yoga class and someone else has created you know when you go to a spa and you walk in the door and you just get the smell and the candles and everything's lovely but then they go home again and it's not like that so it's really trying to get that lovely feeling of 
feeling calm and safe and secure at home and being able to stay there for as long as possible and also trust that if they feel like they need to go to hospital sooner or a birth centre, whatever their plan is, that they will do that. But just being mm-hmm. able to be at home makes such a huge, huge difference. So you are setting um, an amazing example of, of what's possible for for women everywhere for first time mums. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. And Ivan, you're a great little teammate. <laughs> I know he's good. Oh, he's done. oh thank yeah. you so much. Oh, thank you, Roxy. I'll say um, bye bye to everybody just now and I'll speak to you in a second. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Thank you. Are you ready to take control of the ways you can influence your birth for the better? Head over to sophiahanson.com and bag yourself a freebie. Calm and relax is the name of the game, no matter what type of birth you're planning. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a thing. Lots of love. Bye-bye for now.